1: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
0: hey y'all remember that live show we were hyping for literally weeks? weeks gimlet fest well guess what it happened it was awesome and you missed out you missed out
2: ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the first Inaugural Nod Awards, and now your hosts for the evening, Brittany Luce and Eric Eddings.
1: But, since we love y'all so much, yes, we, do. we are going to give you a very special taste of the magic from that.
0: Good evening, y'all. It is so wonderful to see all of you here in the audience tonight. Let's give a round of applause to you for coming to the first ever Nod Awards. Yes, or as we like to call them, the Noddies. Yes.
1: We are so honored to be your hosts for such an important
0: event. But let's get into why we're here tonight. So, every year, black people around the world achieve feats of bravery, skill, or finesse that deserve recognition. Think of every workday morning you've spent suppressing the urge to just slap the coworker who called you by another black coworker's name. Yes. Or that barber who never keeps you waiting more than 25 minutes. Think of all my ladies out there, all my
1: ladies. Say what's up. Yes. Who got their own house? Who got their own car? Two jobs, work hard. You a bad broad.
0: I'm like 97% sure that's just independent by Lil Webby.
1: <laughs> but does it not apply?
0: Fair. Fair point. So for these heroes and so many, many more, we at the Nod salute you. Yes.
1: And tonight, we are going to recognize the massive contributions of a select few who we found especially deserving of a prestigious noddies. Those treasured beacons of black excellence who in our minds deserve a little
0: extra love
1: and a custom solid gold nod to go plate from, uh, from us. It's beautiful. Yes. It's, a, it's a nod to go plate. There's
0: no actual food. Yes, but, but they can take it home. Yes. <laughs> So, get ready for a fun evening. We have our lovely band here tonight, the Hudson Horns. Give it up for the band. As we mentioned, it was a really special night. Some of the awards given were the D.W. and Arthur Reed Award for Best New Black Cartoon Character, and the Debbie Allen Award for Excellence in Choreography. Hello, Hudson Horns. But our most
1: prestigious award went to our very special guest for the evening. So, we have the McDowell's 365 Black Award for being a credit to the race. Um, It's very important. Yes, you may remember the famous McDowell's restaurant from the classic film Coming to America...
0: So our next winner is new to this show, but he's probably not new to you. You may know him as a former correspondent and writer for The Daily Show or from his many comedy specials.
1: Possibly you recognize him from his role as Ozzy on People of Earth, on TBS or even Barry Jenkins' film, Medicine for Melancholy. Uh, you might remember him for his most recent project, new HBO series, Problem Areas, where he uses storytelling, conversations, and humor to try to solve some of the world's most pressing issues.
0: But we're giving him this award not for all those accomplishments and accolades, but just for being a black man out here doing it every day.
1: Yes. So for your dedication to doing us proud day in, and day out. We would like to present the McDowell's 365 Black Award to Wyatt Senek.
0: <laughs> Give it up.
2: Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. This means so much to me, the McDowell's 365 Award. Um, it's always nice to get an award, but especially when it comes from a great place like McDowell's. Yes. It's the fries, man. I'm telling you, they're great.
1: So welcome to the show, Wyatt.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, we're glad you're here. So um, we did some research. You know what I'm saying? I looked you up. Okay. Yeah, I read a couple of Grub Street diaries uh, where you shared what you ate every day for a week. Sure, yeah. It's been well-documented, actually, that you've only begun eating vegetables over the past few years. That's right. Um, I don't want you to feel shamed. This is a safe space among us and 200 of your closest
2: friends. We're with you.
1: But could you share with us your path to vegetable consumption?
2: Sure. Uh, Ulcers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I started getting like sick where my body was like hey, you might want to add some more stuff in here to make the machine run properly. And, uh, and it was actually in Austin, Texas, uh, where I was like, I maybe need to eat a vegetable. I was there for South by Southwest. I'll do to you. And I didn't feel particularly well, probably because I had eaten a lot of barbecue. <laughs> and I, a friend took me to a Chinese restaurant, and there was broccoli, and I'd never had broccoli in my life. And I was like, it was one of those things like, if you've ever had like a dog or and a dog has been sick, like there's sometimes when like dogs just know, like they'll just go start like eating leaves and you're like, why is that dog doing that? And it's just like instinctual where the dog is like, no, no, this is gonna help me deal with some stuff. And in, in a similar way, I was like, I think I need that broccoli. And I was like, am I going to do this? And I was like, yeah, you're going to eat that broccoli. And I ate that broccoli. And I did feel better. And then I celebrated with more barbecue.
0: (laughs) 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 So at The Nod, we are super into conspiracy theories, right? All right. Uh, And in your previous role as Ozzy on People of Earth, Uh, You played a guy who joins a support group for people who have been abducted by aliens. Sure. Um,
2: Are you suggesting it's a conspiracy that I actually was on the show?
0: uh, I mean, it could be. Everything is a conspiracy theory. I don't trust anything, so... He doesn't. (laughs) All right. So it might be, but I'm curious, do you actually believe in aliens?
2: I don't have any knowledge of aliens, but I also feel like it would be very arrogant of us as humans to believe that we are the smartest things in the universe. <laughs> Just look at 2018. <laughs> if we're the best the universe has to offer, they should shut this down.
0: So are there, like, are there any conspiracy theories that you are like, oh no, that's, that's 100% true?
2: Like, the only conspiracy theory that I ever really get caught up in is that uh, like, Apple slows your phone down. <laughs> to push you into a new one. Like, they'll say, like, oh, well, you know, all this stuff, it's for the new processor. But I also think that every now and again, they're like, yeah, get this update. And then the update just slows your stuff down. Yeah. I think they actually are doing that. I think I they... wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
1: I'm wondering, like, what's actually, like, funny to you? Like, 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 what's something that even, it's just, like, no matter what, maybe it's something you've seen or something you experience. experienced, like, whenever you think of it, it makes you laugh.
2: Like just like, what's like a go-to thing that I always find yeah, I mean
1: like I like to watch YouTube videos of people falling, because it happens to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, I, it's like I laugh because it's funny, but I laugh because I relate.
2: Right, wait, you fall a lot? I Brittany to, actually does yeah, fall Yeah, actually,
1: lot. No, see my sister's <laughs> in the audience and she's like, yes.
2: I heard yeah. that and I was like, wow, I hope that that was someone who knew you and not someone <laughs> who's just like, yeah, I've been on the same train as her. She tumbles. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I feel like whenever I see like, uh, the kids who show up on the train and start dancing, I'm always amused by th- exactly, there's one here shit, everyone no they've come above ground this is the day that we all prepared for One day they'd find their way to the sun and they're gonna dance their way through our lives. We're not gonna be able to stop them. Them and those kids who give out candy. You want a conspiracy? They're all working together. There's no basketball game in DC. There aren't that many basketball tournaments in D.C. (laughs) You want to shut those kids down, you look at them when they're like, it's for my basketball team. Oh, well, how about I volunteer as a coach? (laughs) They will walk off the train, moving or not. But those children... (laughs) I find it funny to watch as they work their way up and down a train and people try really hard to ignore them. (laughs) The game that happens there, like, for the person who does not have their headphones out and they're just like, I don't have a book, I don't have headphones, ah, shit, I'm... (laughs) mm, I get joy out of that.
1: Something that comes up a lot in your stand-up is the theme of gentrification. Sure. It was a big theme in Medicine for Melancholy, uh, Barry Jenkins film that you starred in that is a favorite of ours. And also in your web series on Topic, aka Wyatt Senac. um It's about a Brooklyn resident, played by you, convenient, yeah. who moonlights- I almost at-
2: didn't get the part. <laughs>
1: A Brooklyn resident played by you who moonlights as a masked vigilante, uh, basically saving Brooklyn from the woes of gentrification. And you get into a common side effect of gentrification in this clip that we're gonna play.
2: You know you can't bring that in here. Uh, What, the stroller? It's cool, it won't take up much room. No, the baby, this is a bar. Sure, but we're in Brooklyn. That doesn't make it right. This isn't a playground, it's a bar. Well, it's a patio. Of a bar. Is this your bar? In that have I been drinking at it for the last six years, and I remember when it used to be an auto body shop, sure. Right, but you don't own it, so I think we're just going to sit here. Uh, Rand, can you get me an IPA and then see if they'll put this bottle in their fridge? Oh, yeah, that's cool, Rand. And while you do that, uh, I am going to call the cops because this right here is child endangerment. All right, it's 1035. Let's see how the cops like it. Wait, is he serious?
1: <laughs> okay, so we gotta know. Was that inspired by real life events?
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of people are bringing their babies into bars, and that's not cool. There's actually a bar uh, that it's on uh, Clinton and Atlantic uh, called Hot Bird, and yeah. And so they actually put signs out front saying stop bringing, like no babies allowed. (laughs) But here's what's messed up and here's what's like so weirdly like Brooklyn about it is that Brooklyn parents got mad and they had like, they got online together and they were just like can you believe that this bar will not let us bring our children into it and let them sit in alcohol (laughs) and the vomit of people who are trying to fuck. (laughs) You don't bring children into bars. That's rude. To bars. (laughs) So obviously you love
0: Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And gentrification has obviously it's changed, you know, a couple of things, uh, <laughs> just two. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the bar thing and, you know, yeah. there's mayonnaise everywhere. But uh, <laughs> we've read that you grew up spending a lot of time with your grandmother in Crown Heights and you live here in Brooklyn now. But if you were in charge, paint me a picture of what your ideal Brooklyn neighborhood
2: would look like. So not the entire borough, just a neighborhood, like just a, a, neighborhood. Just a block? Yeah, like a, Wyatt land. All right. If I just had like a block, oh well. I mean, do I get to live on the block? Because first thing, I feel like I want to own some property. <laughs> I think, I think that's that's first and foremost. I I, I want to own some property. I uh, I feel like if I had a block, I'd want to have a block that was mixed income. Uh, where everybody had access to the same sorts of resources and everybody could go to like a bodega that had like good shit in it uh, and not flaming hot Cheetos. Because uh, that, no, that shit will mess up your insides. <laughs> There's a Surgeon General's warning on that do not eat those things. You want a conspiracy? The Cheetos Company, Chester Cheeto. Here's a conspiracy for you Chester Cheeto. He's actually part of the alt-right movement. Oh, he pretends like he's cool with his sunglasses and he looks like he's into hip-hop. But no, that that motherfucker's been slowly trying to take black people down, and now he figured out the secret formula of flaming Hot Cheetos. It's his super soldier serum. Like, it makes Captain Americas, and it kills black people. And that's Chester Cheeto trying to take you out. Yeah, that's real. That's some real shit. That's... I learned it from this dude on Fulton Avenue. I still eat flavor out Cheetos. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm he's like, trying to I'm kill, like... kill you, brother. <laughs> also, cool. I got a bunch of incense from that dude if anybody needs any.
0: After the break, we asked Wyatt to solve some problems for us.
2: Don't buy cocoa butter from Amazon. Just <laughs> support your local cocoa butter <laughs> barons and baronesses.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back. So let's get back into the show. On problem areas, Wyatt tries to find creative solutions to big problems. He talks to experts and everyday people about food labeling, the ethical implications of artificial intelligence, and most prominently, at least in this season, the question of ethical policing.
1: In one episode, you go to Skid Row in L.A. Uh, In this clip, you're talking to a black man named Robert who was homeless until he was granted housing in a mixed-income building in downtown L.A. And one of the biggest issues there is that there's this big community of, like, houseless people, and the police have kind of become, like, a not-too-great stand-in for social services for that community, which results in, you know, conflict and harassment.
2: You were on the street, and then you you got into this place, how long uh, have you been here?
0: I've been here almost four years. It'll be four years in November of this year. I don't have to worry about being harassed by the police. Mm. I don't have to worry about where my next meal coming from or, or having a place to take a bath. Right. The people who live here that got money, or as we see on the street, loot, they have no problem getting on the elevator with people who formerly lived in Skia
2: As gentrification happens here as this neighborhood begins to change and how have the police handled that? They
0: look at us like we're trash. They literally look at us like we're trash. Like we have no value at all. Yeah, give it up for the, give it up for Robin. So, I mean, these are really serious conversations where people are really, you know, sharing like trauma with you. I'm curious, like, what's it like to take in those stories uh as somebody who's like whose primary job is like comedy. Like what what is that what does that do
2: to you? Um I'm I feel very fortunate that people wanna share with me. And I think, you know, you are talking about a lot of traumatic things with people, but I think there's something that's kind of, I, I feel like I don't know, where I I feel like I they have been really cool with me is maybe because I'm a comedian as opposed to like a journalist or or something like that, we're able to talk about it like people. We're able to kind of find the, you know, the humor in things together. We're able to laugh about things as well as be serious about things. And so in that way, I don't know, I feel like there's something nice about that that you know for all the trauma that somebody's going through that we're still able to just kind of like not totally dwell on the trauma and be able to laugh together and be able to you know sort of commune in that way uh, i feel really fortunate that all the people who sat down with us uh, were willing to share with me in that way and that uh, that was able to translate on screen comes out really well
1: Going back to actually what you said about how uh, something that a lot of us do who have been through traumatic things or even just being a black person in the world, like we're facing a lot of really massive problems a lot of the time, like, you know, structural racism, yada, yada, yada. But like, you know, (laughs) we- Did she uh, just
2: yada, yada, structural (laughs) racism? (laughs) Yes, Jerry, she did.
1: (laughs) It's a little Seinfeld uh, reference. But you know, you're able to solve these really huge problems on your show, but we actually talked to our listeners about some smaller problems, maybe a little bit more trivial, uh, that they really needed help solving. We put a call out to them to see if, you know, there was anything maybe that like you could do to help them out. And we just want to know like really quick if you could just put on your problem solving hat um, and answer a few questions for
0: us. So for the first problem, this one is a doozy. I actually don't experience this that much. Anymore. But anymore. I used to. Do-rag lines, you know? You put the do-rag on, you sleep in it, or sometimes you just wear it during the day, you know? Sure, it's, sure. A nice, it's a good do-rag. Uh, but you take it off, and you got that You got
2: that thing, you know? Right. It's like right there. Yep, yep. How do we solve that? Sweatband. <laughs> then do-rag over the sweatband. Wow. Oh, yeah. That way, too, if... If it's hot outside and you're still wearing the do-rag because you're really trying to get the, ty- the tight, tight waves, the sweat's just going there. It's just going down. <laughs> it's not coming into, into your face. And then you're also just like
0: Alan Iverson from 2002. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah, let's bring that look back. <laughs> Did it ever go away? It's true. I don't think so. Depends on where you are.
1: <laughs> okay, so the next one, um, lotion. Just to... Reminder, I did not ask this question. This is one of y'all. The problem is, lotion all over or just the parts you can see, what say you? (laughs) I didn't ask this shit.
2: I feel like I have to answer your question with a question. Well, with multiple questions. The first question, what's your financial situation?
0: (laughs) That's real. That's Yeah.
2: Number two, what are you trying to present to the world?
0: (laughs) It's
1: existential.
2: Well, no, I'm just saying, if you're going to go all over, is it perhaps because you want someone to see all over (laughs) later? Like you know, you wash a car on a Sunday because you want people to see it shine at church. So, similar with lotion, you know.
1: So you're basically saying it's it's a case by case.
2: It's a case by case basis, and I just compared having sex to washing your car on the way to church. And I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, it works. Yeah. He knows your heart. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> one last question. Uh, okay, so what do you do when you find your cocoa butter sticks that you ordered in the mail from Amazon totally melted? That's a very specific problem.
1: I think it, I think it was a real-life real problem for this person. I don't think it was hypothetical.
2: Is it from a shop that's using Amazon as a delivery service? Or is Jeff Bezos trying to get into the cocoa butter game? Because if so, why are we not talking about that? <laughs> But it feels like wherever you got it from, that gets a no star review. Uh, I feel like you're going to have to write something in the comments of that store uh, so that people know that like, not even don't buy cocoa butter from this place. Don't buy cocoa butter from Amazon. Just (laughs) go down Fulton Street. Just go to Fulton. Just walk two blocks. You'll find Cocoa Butter. Go into the... If you hear reggae coming out of a park, (laughs) you will find Cocoa Butter. There are other places to support your local Cocoa Butter (laughs) barons and baronesses. Yeah, support local Cocoa Butter. There
1: you go. That's... I mean, to me, that's the most significant takeaway from the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then the Chester Cheeto. But I mean, I don't eat Cheetos, so I don't have those problems.
2: Yeah, you got your third eye open. That's right. That's right. See? I see. I see you. I see you. You, my brother, you need to get your stuff together, all right? (laughs) I'm in a sunken place. (laughs) And look, I got, yeah. And I got some, uh, I got this incense back there. It's Michael Jordan. And uh, I got some books I'm going to need you to read. Yeah.
1: Well, Wyatt, thank you so, 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 so much for joining us. No, no, thank you. Thank you all.
0: Thanks again to Wyatt Cenac for joining us that night. It was so much fun. You can watch his show, Problem Areas, on HBO. Check your local times.
1: (laughs) Corny. Oh, my God. (laughs) The Knot is produced by me, Brittany Luce, with Eric Eddings, Kay Parkinson-Morgan, and Wallace Mack. Our senior producer is Sara Abdurahman. We are edited by Emmanuel Berry and Jorge Just. Engineering this week from Bobby Lord. Our theme music is by Khalid B. And thank you to Hudson Horns for providing the live music for our show.